You're listening to Kantar Australia's Bite-Sized Insights Podcast. A fortnightly 10-minute snapshot of insights helping brands and marketers better connect with consumers. Hello and welcome listeners to Kantar Australia Bite-Sized Insights. This is Fritz Fridland. I'm joined today by Anne Rayner, who is Kantar's Chief Solutions Officer for NCAP and CEO of Cambodia and Myanmar to talk about purpose and sustainability. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. So Anne, 2020 has started off with a boom, um, you know, and the issue of sustainability has been center stage lately. Obviously here in Australia, sustainability and climate change are big topics because we've had all these devastating bushfires. Um, but I understand that Cantor recently has come out with a new study called Purpose in Asia. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Um, where did it start? Why did we do this research? Cool, sure. So um, actually the, the thinking behind this started quite a while before the bushfires and everything. Um, started uh, actually closer to when the plastic bag ban happened in Australia, which a lot of our listeners in Australia will remember. Um, and it started feeding into some thinking that we had around um, how brands respond to what consumers care about, how do brands know what consumers care about, what role should brands play, how do they avoid consumer backlash. And these were all anxieties that were coming up, not just with the Coles and Woolworths conversation, but actually for many, many brands um, around the area of purpose and sustainability. So we decided to find out what do people care about and um, what do they want brands to do about it. What was interesting was as we started pulling together the the work for this piece uh, for Purpose in Asia, we realised that there are a lot of different pieces across the, the very big organisation that is Kantar that talk to purpose and sustainability as well. So what was one of the big learnings that came out of the research? So the first thing that really struck us is that there is a really big difference between what people hear about, what the global conversation is, um, but and then what people really care about. So in Australia, the top two topics that people heard about from, you know, whether it's social media, from brands in the news, um, the top two issues were climate change and gender equality. But when we asked what they personally care about, the top two issues were health and well-being and no poverty. This pattern was common across the whole of Asia, that what people hear about and what people care about were, were two totally different things. Do you think there's an implication there for business as well as media? There is when businesses think about how they should live their purpose. Um, and I think it talks to some of the errors that some brands have made where they've you know, appeared to jump on the bandwagon of gender, for example, and, uh, and that hasn't gone down very well and, and they've been accused of pinkwashing. Um, and I think what it talks to is the importance of understanding what their consumers really do care about and making sure that they align themselves to, to that because it becomes much more authentic in that way. 
Yeah. So what were some of the things that Australians, for example, cared about that the study revealed? So with health and well-being, Australians really focused on the lifestyle element of that. So they talked about uh, fitness tips, they talked about um, lifestyle, they talked about making time for um, self-care and and, um, shared sort of exercise tips and things. And that was a little bit different to the way people in other parts of the world talked about health and well-being. So in South Korea, there was a really big focus on mental health and um, and, and depression and, and how to look out for people and and to self-care around mental health. Hmm. How are the concerns in Australia different from other parts of Asia? How those sort of big overarching sustainable goals, no no poverty or health and well-being get articulated on the ground and and people talked about the the issues in a very localized way. So when when we talk about no poverty, um, it might seem surprising that Australians had no poverty as their second most important issue that they care about. And when we delved into what they talked about and what they were concerned about, it was the invisible poverty line. Um, And so there was a lot of conversation around how to um, help Australians who had slipped below the invisible poverty line and um, were being left behind by the economic growth that Australia had experienced and what should businesses, what should society, what should government do about that. Whereas in um, developing countries like Indonesia, there, were, uh, there was a lot more conversation in the no poverty space that was centred around um, refugees from natural disasters. And I would expect that we, we increasingly hear about no poverty sort of intersecting with climate as we see more and more climate refugees. Mm. What did the research reveal that's critical that businesses understand as a result about, you know, different parts, different countries and what's happening there? I would say the critical thing to understand is that local issues take precedence. And that's not to say that some of these big global issues aren't important, but that you have to unpack them in a way that becomes locally relevant. So climate change, for example, is a a classic and very timely example in Australia. Um, As a big overarching topic, it was not one of the top um, issues that people personally care about. But what they did talk about was the need to protect the Great Barrier Reef and therefore sustainable energy um, as a means to doing that. Um, obviously, the bushfires has igni- have ignited a, a very fierce debate about climate change um, as it relates to weather, changing weather patterns and, and um, more extreme weather and the impact on our environment. So I think the, re- the real thing for businesses is you know, don't shy away from talking about global issues if it's something that is important to your brand, but make sure you find a local anchor, a way to anchor this in something that people really care about and listen to people first. Make sure you understand what do they care about and don't just make an assumption that the issue that gets the most airtime is the one that's most important. Did the research reveal what consumers expect of brands, for example? It did, yeah. We um, we knew that this would be a, a key question that brands have, um, which is what what is expected of them, um, because it can feel like there are, you know, it's a minefield. Um, but consumers were very clear. Um, there there were five key asks. The first is to educate consumers about the issue. Uh, the second is to initiate and fund programs to support the issue. Number three 
fund organisations already directly involved in the issue. Number four, run campaigns to raise awareness. And number five, which is probably the, the hardest, but potentially the most important, is change business practices to support the issue. And I think if I was to, you know, sort of summarise that, what we're hearing from people is first walk the walk and then use your platform and resources to talk the talk and raise awareness. Why is this important that brands know about this, that they need to do this? I think many brands have experienced the um, social dialogue around sustainability moving so fast that they're not prepared to react. And if I go back to that example around the plastic bag ban, um, it's a really great example of where there was a consumer sort of groundswell of support for banning single-use plastic bags in stores. Coles and Woolworths then responded to that, um, then faced a backlash from other consumers and, and withdrew the band and then ultimately reinstated it because um, they realised it was, it was the right thing to do and it was an area that they needed to lead on and there was actually widespread support within the community. And I think that's a really, um, you know, it's an example showing that this can be a, a dialogue between businesses and consumers, but also shows that the businesses need to think ahead about what parts of their business might leave them open to criticism on sustainability, because consumers will get there at some point. And I think it's really important that this gives brands a framework for what they should think through um, and start to take steps to, to prepare to lead on that before they're forced to make a sort of defensive change. Yeah, it's interesting that it's not necessarily a linear process that, you know, sometimes uh, it's two steps forward, one step back. And as we were talking earlier, it's a bit of a dialogue. Speaking of dialogue, thank you so much, Anne, for being here with me today on Cantar Australia Bite Size Insights. Love to hear more about what happens with this study. I would love to continue the conversation. Thank you for having me. Get your new Bite Sized Insights every second Tuesday. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Find out more at kantaraustralia.com.